Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And we have a very important show for you, uh, for all of you. I mean, I mean everybody. And especially, though, if you're an entrepreneur or you want to be an entrepreneur, what we're going to do is talk to you about the hardest part of not only entrepreneurship business, but corporate business, but also of life. The most difficult and important part of being an entrepreneur or growing a business or wanting to be an entrepreneur or taking that step or just in life in general. So what we're talking about today is about how you deal with people. You see, the hardest thing about my business is not the business, but dealing with people. And that is one of the toughest, toughest parts of it. You know, you, you grow a business and find, you find out that you have a bunch of Judases inside your camp, you know. Right. A bunch, and I'm, I'm the Viet Cong era. So, you know, we just hired a Viet Cong to help, help fight for us. And then pretty soon you have treason and treachery and lying and cheating and stealing and all that going on. And that was my business partner. <laughs> so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you know, or it could be, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest lies ever told is, you know, when the couple, the, the fairy prince meets the fairy princess, they get married, and they live happily ever after. Man, there's no such thing in relationships as living happily ever after. You know what I mean? Dealing with people, much less leading people in business or in combat, the hardest thing you can possibly do and possibly your most important skill. So today we have two distinguished guests. One is Jack Wesley Yost, Jr. He's a former captain of the United States Army. Jack directed research and testing and recommended solutions to problems in night vision and electro-optics. He's the author of a very important book. It's called The Memo, How a Classified Military Document That Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. And our second guest is Gary Morton. He's a graduate of West Point with honors, served as a tank commander, and after the Army, he joined the medical device manufacturer Stryker, where he co-founded the EMS division. He's the author of Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, and Ingenuity Through Leadership That Matters. So welcome to the program, both Jack and Gary. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Yes, as well. Uh, thank you, Robert. I'm glad to be here. You know, I, I started this thing about how it's difficult to deal with people, and I think one of the, um, it's one of the challenges and one of the reasons people stay small in business is they'd rather do it on their own. You know, dealing exactly. with people is too damn tough. 
So they just do it on their own. They're small. They stay small. The only problem with that, as those of you who follow Tom Wheelwright, my advisor on taxes, people who are self-employed pay the highest percentage in taxes. And employees pay the next higher percentage in taxes. So one of the things I had to learn was how to deal with people, especially people who, you know, it's easy to lead a person so-called below you. But how do you deal with accountants and attorneys and all those guys, much less your commanding officer and your intermediate officer in front of you? So that's one of the biggest challenges. And so, Gary, as a graduate of West Point, what, what class again? Uh, 1984. And how was the training on leadership at the West Point? You know, the, the, the training was outstanding. Uh, you learned a, a ton through the experiences at the academy, but it, it, you learned really more from your classmates and from the day-to-day -day interaction that you had with people than you did necessarily from the leadership training. I mean, uh, uh, it, the training was good. It was a matter of fact, um, from Jack's book, there was things that were taught uh, about this memo that he writes about at the Academy of how to do a decision brief and how to, how to properly staff things and whatnot, and it was tremendous. But, um, you know, the practical application of how you lead people, whether it's in a military or business situation, you still have a ton to learn when you leave the Academy. It never stops. No, never stops. Dealing with people never and, uh, stops. Well, you, you know, I thought, Robert, you brought up an interesting uh, question there because a lot of people, you know, particularly with dealing with individual human beings from a leadership standpoint, you know, some of what the Army taught uh, was you, you, it was kind of a uh, spread like butter. Everyone's kind of the same, and here's how you lead them. And what we did in 468, because we had a unique commander, and then as I learned and evolved in the, uh, in the process at Stryker is, Everyone's not the same. Everyone's very unique and very individual. And if you can understand that, um, understand who you're going to bring on your team, one, and then understand their strengths and weaknesses when they're on your team and how they like to be rewarded, how they like to be recognized, and those types of things, then the, the, I mean, you can do a lot more with um, what you learned about leadership by applying it very individualized to each person. Uh, within your organization. Okay, so uh, Jack, what did you learn as being an Army captain in the Army? Well, yeah, let me underscore what, uh, what Gary's saying is that uh, uh, with any team that we, we have either assigned to us or that we put together, we have to maximize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses because, as Gary wisely points out, is that, that not everybody, everybody is not the same. We are, we are accomplishing organizational goals through the active support of other people. That's the only way that managers, owners, business owners, leaders get things done. And, Robert, I, I like something that you pointed out is that most small business owners, they're under the impression they have to do it all themselves, that, you know, not, that, that I know how to do it, I know how to do it well, and I, and, and I get it done. But as you, as you point out in your, in your teaching and your writings, if you do it yourself, that's not scalable. I've got to get things done through other people. I've got to identify, recruit, train, and get people to do things. So one of the great challenges is moving from an individual contributor of the people that do the doing, that do the work, and then move to management, to a leadership position where other people actually do the work of perfection, and we do the work of leading, of managing, of getting things done. 
of the plan, organize, lead, and control. And this is what real leadership is, especially as you pointed out in your question, Robert, especially with accountants and our boss, people that we can't fire. We can only persuade. We can only inspire. We can, we can, we can lead, but we can't really, you know, command them to do anything. And that's what I, I like so much about being on with Gary here is that everybody thinks that, that the military is easy, that you just issue an order, people snap, salute, click their heels, and instantly do as they're commanded. And, uh, you know, well, initiation, you know, prompt obedience order is, orders is something we, we want people to do, but that's not always the case. It's more of persuasion than it is of command and control. Very well said. Uh, before we go on, uh, the memo, got you got me as title of your book, How the Classified Military Document that Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. Can you yes, tell sir. me more about that? What, what was the memo? You know, well, the memo is based on the, the doctrine, the military doctrine, called Completed Staff Work. And I, I you know, I, I saw it on the Internet, uh, you know, a decade ago, so I knew it had to be true. So I did some research and found out that that there was such a memo. It was originally published in the Army Navy Journal in, in the 19 in the early 1940s, and it uh, it was later uh, uh, reprinted, redone by General MacArthur, and it, it simply says that the the memo based on completed staff work is where the manager, the boss, the chief, the leader, the commanding officer makes decisions, and staff work makes recommendations anticipates what the boss needs, what the commander's intent is, formulates options, does the research, and gives the boss a recommendation so that all the boss has to do is make a decision. And staff makes recommendations. Now, I, I'm, you know, I teach now at the Catholic University of America, so I can make this real complicated, but it's just that simple. As Gary talked about decision briefs, that's all that this is. And, and I think that, that Gary's work and my work, we're trying to bring, bring this to the, to the business world to see this is how, this is how to get things done to other people. I, I, I believe you had an example of, was it George W. or something? He t they just woke him up and he said yes, and that was it. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, George Bush, the elder, uh, uh, was uh, sound asleep. I think it was on Air Force One. And uh, John Sununu, I, I, I visited his, his home up in New Hampshire uh, a few years ago and uh, as he was working on the book. And uh, Governor Sununu, who was chief of staff, uh, tells the story of where uh, rebels are going to overrun uh, uh, the presidential palace in, in the Philippines. So, so what, uh, what chief of staff John Sununu did, he, he gathered all the national security people, came up, went through some research, developed some options, hashed it out, vigorously debated on what to do, came up with a recommendation, and then woke the president up, says, here's, what we re here's the situation, here's what we recommend, we need your approval. And George Bush, the elder, looked at it, said, yep, looks good to me, thought about it a minute, signed off on the approval. And, and uh, Johnson Nunez took, that, uh, took that, that action, got it done. And all it was was just simply fly some jets over the, 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 the palace to, to show support for the president, and that scared off the rebels, but that required a signature from the president. And the amazing thing, though, Robert, is that he, he developed the options, came up with a recommendation, the president signed off on it, but the president then went back to sleep. He was so confident in his staff that uh, on the recommendation. I want everybody to hear that part. It's not only confident, he also trusted them. Exactly. exactly. You know, yeah. we should all have staff like that. And that's the great thing. That, yeah, that, but I, that, let, that, let me put it another way. How many of you out there work with or associate with people 
you don't trust. See, that's one of the most horrifying feelings a person can have. So when we come back, we'll be going more into how do you develop that, how you develop a team, and how do you, most importantly, how do you develop that trust where you don't have to micromanage like some, like most small business owners do. And then um, we come back, I'm gonna ask Gary about Task Force 468, because unfortunately I'm a, a Marine, I never heard of that task force, so you can explain it to me. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Do you own an LLC or LP? Are you aware of the new rules? The IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. And today's program is about the toughest part of business, but also of life. You know, I mean, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, how do you get your husband or wife to agree with you? And if you have kids, you know that's an impossible task. So it's really about leadership, but interhuman communi communications. And many of us haven't had the training to know how to do that. So you can listen to the Rich Dad program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And you can hear this program again. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because repetition is how we learn. And if you want to be a great entrepreneur going from small business to big business, this could be the most important program you listen to because you can't get big if you can't work with people. It's one of the most important things. So all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. Listen to it again and then share it with friends, family, and business associates because dealing with people, I don't think there's any harder task. So um, quickly, you know, my experience is uh, I, 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 had, I had no money and I, I wanted – and one way I could get into college, because my poor dad would not pay for my education because I was such a screw-up in school. So uh, I was a C-minus student. And uh, so I just applied to um, United States Merchant Marine Academy at Kings Point, New York, because I really wanted to go to sea and travel the world as a merchant seaman. And my congressman, Daniel K. Inouye, who just passed away, you know, he sent me a nomination to Naval Academy. And I said, I don't want to go to Naval Academy. So he, he could not believe I would turn down Naval Academy and go to the Merchant Marine Academy. And it was one of the best decisions of my life because King's Pointers are the highest paid graduates, or they were the highest paid graduates in the world at that time. You know, I graduated in 69 and starting pay for many of my classmates was 150000 a year. 120 to 150, which is not much money today. But back then, that was a lot of money. And then I gave it up because the Vietnam War was on. I thought it'd be over by then. But I volunteered and joined the U.S. Marine Corps, went to Pensacola, Florida to learn how to fly, went to Camp Pendleton and straight to Vietnam. So I took a huge cut in pay 
from about 10000 a month down to 250 a month. It was painful. Yet, it's one of the best decisions of my life. The hard part was coming back to the world, as they say, back in 73, and I couldn't believe what I saw in business. I have never seen such so many rats and cockroaches and backstabbers and liars and fornicators. And I was in, holy moly, you know, I fought for you guys. Just give you the freedom of doing this. So I had a tough transition, whereas when I led my crew of 16 men as a, as a helicopter squadron, we got things done. And I get back, I get, I'm back in Honolulu working at Xerox Corporation and nothing gets done. It's a lot of bunch of BS. So it's a tough transition. Gary, you graduated West Point. Do you ever find anything like that? Well, you know, Robert, my, my experience was different. I was lucky. You know, I, I went from one great organization in the, uh, in the Army to another great organization at Stryker, you know, Stryker, the medical device company. Um, and I, you know, I interviewed at 14 different companies and looked for the kind of environment that I had in the Army and, and found it. Um, you know, both those organizations had an absolute clarity of purpose coming from the top. And both of them had a mission, and it was very clear, and people bought into it. So, you know, I, I, I so wait, wait, wait. So, Gary, it. once again, you know, this most important word you just mentioned is the word mission. That's the the most important word. That was the first word I learned at the academy, the mission. Yes. And then when I went for my MBA, I never heard that word again. And that was that yeah, was it was really tough for me. I'm going, what are we here for? And they said to make money. And if you look at what's going on in the world today, greed, incompetence, and power are destroying our world as we know it because we've lost a sense of mission. And mission's a very spiritual word. Would you say that? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the, this clarity of purpose in these two organizations, one was, you know, the task force was to, to win every battle at the National Training Center. And everything flowed around that. At Stryker, the mission itself didn't sound particularly inspirational. It was we grow at 20% every quarter and every year. But because it was so clear and, and there was a backdrop of don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, or you're gone, no questions asked, doesn't matter what level you're at, lie, cheat, or steal, you're out. Um, but in the backdrop of that, that 20% requirement caused all these wonderful things to happen in developing medical devices and things that changed the world for our customers and changed the world for patients um, and, and made things just so much better in the medical device arena. So, yeah, so it's interesting that um, you, know, you, you look at company missions and a lot of them are inspirational and aspirational and the strikers, if you look at it on the surface, was not yet it caused all those aspirational things to happen. Okay, I would call that more a goal, something that's measurable, and to me a mission is philosophical. But anyway, as long as it works, I think what you're saying is the clarity is there, the objective. Absolute clarity. So Jack, uh, what do you have to say about all this as a captain? What, what, um, 
What was your MOS as a captain? What was your specialty? Oh no, no, my uh, I, I was armored cavalry, so I was very, very close to uh, to what to, to what Gary's uh, okay. uh, talking about uh, from the from the same uh, discipline. And uh, as an aside, my dad used to teach at uh, at, uh, at Kings Point down in, uh, in. Oh yeah. In, uh, yeah, so so it's a delight. It's a big planet, but a delightfully small world. So, yeah. uh, and uh, and my son's going into army aviation. He'll be will be flying uh, helicopters here, uh, here, here shortly. So, um, but uh, so it's but, it's a great it's a great way to live. You know, I mean to, from uh, I mean the to me it was always about the mission of life. What's my purpose? Exactly. You know? And exactly. Uh, exactly. and and then to serve. That was the, that that, that was drummed into my head at Kings Point. And we made uh, a lot of money, which was good. I like that. Uh, well, and because you had such value in the marketplace, and I think that's 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 uh, that's probably the key to what you're, to what you're teaching. You know, and the key to what we're trying to convey here is that is that we, as uh, as the leaders, the managers, and the the owners of business and, and key influencers in our society, that we try to train people to have such value in the marketplace that you're worth. You know, 150k for a financial level salary because that's that's the value that you bring to the marketplace, and that you know that's not expected, but that's what that that that's uh, uh you know that's how we that's how we we get things done. So, um, but I, but I like the point that you're making is that uh, whenever you move in from from the individual contributor to a leadership management or, or owner of a business, and you have to get things done to other people. You know, Emmanuel Kant said that you know no straight line was ever drawn. With a, with a crooked timber of the human condition. I mean, people are just a mess. I mean, even the good ones, uh, you know, are you know, you, you know, get sick or have flat tires. I, when I uh, uh, had a, a, a position of responsibility in government, I had 14,000 employees, and one of the things that was not on my job description was going to funerals. When you have that many employees, you know, people die on you. There's just a, you know, part of a wife. And how how that, how important is it to the other employees that you show up at the funeral? Oh, that's and you're that is exactly the point. That is that is the effectiveness of leadership because it wasn't very efficient. I, you know, it had to take a whole day to do this. But you're right. You're absolutely right. That's being effective because other people see that you care and that this is important and that that people are important. So they can do the work because their their job, the individual contributor's job, and my 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 managers that are in the hierarchy, their job is to get things done. And, and my job, you know, is in that case is actually acting as a figurehead uh, to inspire them to, do, to for them to do the hard work. So but Gary, it, I mean, um, you know, that's that's crucial. It's those little things that make the big difference. But I'm sure both of you. I'll speak to Gary first. I've seen some of the worst leaders in my life inside, not inside my company, but inside my business. And I can't believe these guys. I'm, they, you know, they sit on a board. They're corporate. They, they, they do corporate stock speak. And I look at them and say, "You're the phoniest SOBs I've ever seen in my life." I mean, how do you deal with those guys? That's a great question. And uh, one, you get you get frustrated. <laughs> you can't understand why people get into positions like that. But I think if um, if within the the overall envelope or the environment of the organization, if if there is a clear results orientation, then those people that really can't lead or lead poorly over the long run will get weeded out. Yeah, my question because is, how do you deal with them? Because 
in my, uh, you know, I just turned 70. In my life, I've had to deal with some real, I mean, I have words for them. I just don't know how they survive. I mean, they're just um, horrible, horrible people, but they're in positions of authority, which spread, yeah, the, if you're, spread the same stuff throughout the organization. That manager, that leader is a... Uh, is, is an amateur. We'll, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of that doubt. But as, but as Gary was getting to on this, is that, that sometimes if you're in a reporting relationship where that is my boss, we have to go, go less from the military model back over to the rich dad model, which is that you have to have performing assets to where you can walk away from any organization, from any boss, any relationship, any vendor who you can't do business with. So you, so, and what I tell my students and my clients is that you have to have a point where you can finance your integrity, because if you, if you, if you're shackled to a, to a horrible boss like that with golden handcuffs, uh, then, then we've got some real challenges. I want, I want everybody to listen to what Jack just said. You say, if you're trapped, if you're shackled like a slave and Lincoln hasn't arrived yet, and you're you're putting up with all this harassment and pressure and meanness and sarcasm. The only reason you're there is because you need the money. Right. And, and that's right. and so what you just said is profound. Is that at one point you got to say, look, I put myself here. I'm trapped here. Nobody is trapping me here. And the classic thing in um, I used to teach negotiations is the last thing you get. I don't recommend it. But it's called a walkout. You say, okay, mm. I've done my best, da, 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 da. I presented my case. I'm out of here. Thank you. The reason most yeah, people then, don't walk is because they can't afford to walk. What do you say about right. that, Gary? They, they've got to get themselves into position that they can't afford to walk. And even if they don't think they're there, they actually may be. Oh, because if horrible. they get into another situation that is engaging for them, it'll work out for them in the long run. Our two guests today are John Wesley Oates. He's the author of the memo, very important book on how the classified military, how the classified military document that helped the U.S. win World War II can help you succeed in business. And Gary Morton, honor, a West Point graduate, he's the author of Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, Integrity, and oh, Ingenuity through leadership that matters for all of you who are entrepreneurs or if you're just married with kids i mean i would definitely get both books because what they're talking about is essential to success because the key to success is how you deal with other people when we come back we'll find out how you can what else, what other things they can teach both men can teach you about how to deal with the toughest part of a business in life other people you're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, 
Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. And we're today we're talking about the hardest part of business and in life. How do you deal with other people? Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or or Android. And all of our uh, programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because what we because repetition is how we learn. And if you listen to this program again, you'll pick up a few more points, but also you can share this program with friends, family, and business people. So again, the hardest part about business or life is dealing with other people. And one of the advantages I had, I believe, was that uh, I didn't go to a regular school you know, because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get into the University of Hawaii. You can imagine that one because my grades were so bad. But anyway... I got accepted to a Naval Academy and the Merch Marine Academy, and I went to military school. And the first word drummed into your head is mission. What is your mission? They talk about courage, duty, honor, code, integrity, respect. And then from there, after four years, I went to the U.S. Marine Corps. Same words, same thing. But I think there was one thing very different about King's Point versus the Marine Corps was when we got into a war situation, a combat situation, even though we had petty differences, we functioned as a team. I may not like the pilot and the other playing and all this pettiness, you know, but we functioned as a team. And I don't see that happening too often today. So sometimes it takes something dangerous, a disaster. And I think one of the reasons we have problems is because people are just kind of bored, so they just create problems. They say, well, let, let me see what I can do. Maybe I can steal something here, or maybe I can spread a rumor here, or go on the web and do silly things and create fake news. And I think they're just bored. So anyway, I have found that I'm looking for people on my, especially my Rich Dad advisor team and the, and the Rich Dad company. They respond. We're always, I would say, in a wartime footing. I don't mean that we're killing people. I mean we're always on the edge performing, and we need each other. We cannot operate alone. So our guests today are Jack Wesley Ost, Jr. He's the president of management training of D.C. He's a former Army captain, and he's the author of the memo, very important book, How the Classified Military Document that Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. His website is yoast.com, Y-O-E-S-T.com. And our other guest is Gary Morton, graduate of West Point with honors, served as a tank commander as part of the Army's Incredible Task Force 468. And then he worked with Stryker, a medical device organization, I believe. And he's the author of Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, and Ingenuity Through Leadership That Matters. And I cannot think of... You know, if you're going to be in business just surviving in life with your kids and your husband or wife, that's, that's an important skill to have. And Gary's website is igarymorton.com. 
So, so gentlemen, any comments on, you know, people who want to be better leaders? What are some, you know, for me, the whole thing was I had to have a team that performed. And so we would set up things. I would practice, practice, practice in Vietnam. And before I went to Vietnam with my team, you know, I had a team of uh, two pilots, two gunners and one crew chief. And we functioned as a team. And we did some really, really dangerous things to build the pressure inside our, our aircraft so we could get through it and survive. And when we had danger in there, it really made us closer. That was kind of my secret to success. And I think that's why I'm a pretty good entrepreneur and I don't do well in corporate because none of us, none, none, none in the Rich Dad company is getting rich here. I mean, we, we, we make a lot of money, but they're always under pressure to perform and that's the way we like it. Any comments there, Jack? Yeah, what I like first is, uh, you, you said it best, is that a trauma, a work, a sense of urgency. And, and when, I, when I'm looking to hire people or uh, wife and wife, you know, I'm Charmaine, she's always looking to hire people. The first thing we look for is that who wants the job? Like who, you know, who has the desire? Who wants the job? And then you have to persuade me what the job. But what I'm looking for is a problem that, that, that you faced a solution he came up with, and what were the measurable results? I'm looking for a track record of success. I'm first, first, I'm looking for integrity first. I'm looking for character integrity, and I can get that uh, through, uh, through references of people that you worked for before. But I'm looking for pain. I'm looking for somebody that's gone through a trauma, somebody that's, that, that, has, that has, to, has to work through something hard to do. And that's why I have a bias. Lord forgive me, I have a bias towards anybody that's been through the military or collegiate sports or gone through the discipline of the measurable form. It's like, like musicians and performers or, uh, or athletes, actors, uh, account managers that have to sell something where there's a number based on your performance. And if you've gone through that trauma and that sense of urgency of, of, of coming up with a, identifying a problem, a solution that solved the problem and a measurable result, if you've done it in your past organization or in a past position, there's a good likelihood that you're going to continue that same performance working for you know working in, in uh, for me or one of my clients. So Gary, how do you how do you handle that? How, what do you look for in a person to be an employee or a partner or spouse, whatever it is? Yeah, I think Jack's thoughts are great ones, and you know you figure out what works for you and what works for that organization. But you know, interesting for your viewers, I, I think there's a, a story that I'll, I'll relate to here, but. And we had all these different divisions. It was a decentralized company at Stryker, and we had a 20% growth requirement. So the company's doubling in size every 3.7 years. And, and your headcount ads were crucial because there was a lot of pressure to not add more headcount than what you needed. So that led to an intense focus on making the selection process as good as it possibly could be. And one division struck gold. They figured out how to get really powerful, statistically valid, validated psychological profiles so they could hire. At first it was salespeople and then it spread to all the other specialties within the division. But they could hire people who were congruent, who would fit into our organization, whose psychological makeup was kind of congruent with the top performers in that particular part of the organization. And it was a force multiplier. Um, it really made a tremendous impact on the company. When we 
we got so much better at hiring over the years as a result of refining and utilizing new profiles and really understanding the individuals that we're going to hire. Right. Um, See, that Gary, it, Gary it, that's, that's fine for big corporations in the U.S. Army. But most of our listeners, you know, they're mom and pops and all this. How are they going to do that? Yeah, so tools are out there. Tools are out there on the Internet. Tools are out there. It doesn't, we used Gallup. It's only a hundred bucks to hire Gallup to do a hiring profile on a, on a prospective candidate. And it's is that Gallup polls? Uh, it's the same people that, that do the polls, but okay. they have another subset of their organization that's a bunch of uh, um, strengths-based clinical psychologists, if you will, and they can get you a pretty good understanding of somebody's psychological makeup based on you know uh, working with working with you for a period of time. That's great um, news. For not a whole lot of money. And, and if, you're, if you're not using something like that, you, you are kind of shooting in the dark because it, it really made a profound difference. And even for a small company, for the small companies, each hire is so crucial that you've you, you, you got to spend that money, spend that time and get the investment and to get the right people on your bus. There's no more important decision that you make. Than the, amen, the amen, amen. But let me ask you this, okay, both of you. So let's say your mom and pop, you guys are at break even. I mean, you're basically surviving. What's, you know, and this is where I think my military training came in is because, you know, on all of my works, people will always say, I can't afford it. And to me, those are the words of death. You know what I mean? When you say you can't afford it, you shouldn't be in business because then you can't grow personally, you can't expand into it. So... And so with the benefit I have in, in my marriage with my wife, Kim, we never, we forbid ourselves and can't afford it. And we just go after what we want. And I would, I would, I would say that comes from years and years, four years of academy and six years in the Marine Corps. Is we don't let reality get in our way. I mean, I don't look at my paycheck and the paycheck doesn't determine my life. Yet as we talked about earlier, for many people, their paycheck is their life. It, it, it determines the boundaries of their life. Or if you're self-employed a small business, you get all these problems and you always say, well, I can't afford it, so you stay small. So what did you guys learn in the military that'll get you beyond those, what you call it, self-limiting thoughts or beliefs? Well, Robert, I like what you're, the direction you're going on this is because one of the things that, uh, that I learned the hard way is that the, the worst mistake that a manager can make uh, in the, on the civilian side, civilian side is to make a bad hire. So Gary's on the right track here is that we have to do a better job on the selection process to do that. And one of the things that I, that I, that I insist in teaching here at the Catholic University of America is to train my students to always come up with, a, with the answer to the question, which you always ask her, uh, Robert, is why do you want the job? Why do you want to be Jack, Jack, that's not the question I'm asking you. How do you get beyond yourself? You see, that was the biggest thing I got. You're talking about hiring people and all this stuff. To me, that's, uh, I hate to say this, that's corporate talk. How do you get somebody from mom and pop outside of being mom and pop or somebody who's clinging to a job right now outside of their own self-limiting beliefs? How do you do that? What does the military teach you? The, the, the first thing that, uh, that, that I've learned as an Army officer is that 
is that as much as I love the work and I love the doing the doing is that I, you know, I, I can't do it all. I can't do all this work. I have to move from doing the hands-on stuff with the machinery, with tank gunnery, with, uh, with, with mortars. I, I have to move from that and I have to have other, I have to train and trust and work with other people to do this. Now, Rumsfeld got in a lot of trouble saying that you have to go, with, go to war with the army that you have, and sometimes I didn't have quite the talent uh, on the team that I would like to have had, but it's my job to, to get them ready. But the, as, a, as a young officer, one of the things that we were groomed to do is to move from the, from the, from the doing the work to the supervising the work, to, to running the work. And for me, that was, that, was a, that was one of the most difficult transitions of knowing that, of moving, moving from being a very efficient on the job to being more effective on the job. And that was, that was a big transition for me. And the, the civilian application is that, you know, the old cliche that if you, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Well, in the Army, I learned that, no, no, I can't. If I'm doing it myself, I'm doing somebody else's job. I'm doing my job, which I'm supposed to be doing in supervision. But I'm doing somebody else's job as an individual contributor. See, that's uh, see, the, way, the, the way I look at it, that's not my job is to do, my, to, to do the work. See, so my job right. is to get somebody right. else to do the work. That's how I look exactly. at it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, that's, and that's what we're getting at here. How do you get somebody who might you know, have a nine-to-five mentality or they're sitting at home eating bonbons and you come home and they say, oh, you know, what you've been doing all day? Oh, nothing. How do you deal with that? Do, do, you, do you know what I mean? Oh, no, exactly. That's, 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 that's to me is where the rubber meets the road. It's nice to have a multi-million dollar budget. You can hire, hire people. But, you, you know, I, I have a friend who went home and he finds out his wife is having sex with somebody else. No, what do you say? You know what I mean. How do you how do you get uh, how do you rise above? And those, I mean, those, those are, are everyday problems. Uh, those are certainly difficult situations. I guess get back to your original question, though. One of my sons-in-laws uh, started a brewery here recently, and he started with himself and a, and a partner, and they ran across all kinds of obstacles in the process Amen. of getting this thing up and rolling. And it was, you know, at, at points they were they were not sure they could do it. Um, and I think that, you know, getting back to the military situation, you know, I walked into an armor battalion whose commander was relieved because they were incompetent. And a year later, we go out and do something that no other unit in the, in the world had ever done. No other unit in the United States Army had ever done and won every single battle at the National Training Center. And what was, what was different was the mentality, is there is no no-win situation. There are always alternatives. Keep moving forward no matter what. And that's what my son-in-law did. I mean, he had all kinds of regulatory issues, couldn't get the liquor license, all kinds. But he kept, he and his partner, they just kept moving forward. Amen. They kept their confidence. They're going to keep going at it. And they launched this brewery, and it's been a tremendous success. So that's the, that's, I want to thank you guys for your time because we're out of time. But really, that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. That was the most important thing I learned at the academy and then in the Marine Corps. You know, I hate to use that as a cliche, there are no limits, or belief in limits creates limited people. But I, it kind of drives me crazy when I limit myself. I mean, it's a personal thing. When I say I can't do something, or I don't want to exercise today, or it's too tough, you know, then I really shouldn't uh, be in my business. 
So anyway, uh, I want to thank both of you guys for your time. And uh, once again, Jack Wesley Yost, his book is The Memo, How the Classified Military Document That Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. And Gary Morton, graduate of West Point with honors. And his book is Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, and Ingenuity Through Leadership That Matters. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks for your insight. And when we come back, we're going to ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Do you own an LLC or LP? Are you aware of the new rules? The IRS has mandated new audit rules that require every LLC operating agreement and LP limited partnership agreement be amended. This dramatic requirement has never before been experienced, and changes must be made by December 31st. Corporate Direct, owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton, can guide you through these new rules. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit CorporateDirect.com. Contact Corporate Direct today to stay in IRS compliance. Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors have a great gift for you. Visit richdadadvisors.com and receive five free reports on business and investing success. Five free reports that can help you right now. And while there, check out the Author's Choice audio series. Audio is a great way to learn. And for as little as 99 cents, you can download key chapters from all the Rich Dad Advisor books. You can listen to The Myths and Magic of Real Estate Investing, Seven Steps to Limited Liability, The Four Pillars of Investing, Team Code of Honor, or The Psychology of Debt, among other great audios. For pennies, you can power up your skills for getting out of the rat race. So please visit richdadadvisors.com for your five free reports and your powerful and affordable audio chapters. That's richdadadvisors.com for great information that can help you right now. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And I want to thank John Wesley, I mean, Jack Wesley Yost Jr. He's the author of the memo, How the Classified Military Document That Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. And Gary Morton, graduate from West Point with honors. His book is Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, and Ingenuity Through Leadership That Matters. His website is igarymorton.com, and Jack's is yost.com, Y-O-E-S-T.com. It's interesting that uh, his father was an instructor at, at Kings Point, and his son's going to be a helicopter pilot. But anyway, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes and Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them so you can listen to this program again because repetition is how we learn. So you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And so, Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today, Robert, comes from Henry in Denver, Colorado. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. As an entrepreneur in a growing business, I struggle with delegation. I know I need to, but I'm having a hard time letting go of the day-to-day. Any advice? How did you and Kim do it? Well, I don't know. Everybody's going to do it differently. You know, and I think that there's a saying that goes... uh, to thine self be true. Because every every day in business to me is a war because I'm going into not so much battle, but I'm, I'm going out there to get money or get somebody to do something or convince somebody to work with us. It's every single day. And 
what we always recommend was join a network marketing company so you can learn to deal with people. I mean, if you don't want to do that, you may want to reconsider what you do and just stay small. There's nothing wrong with being small. But one of the greatest lessons I learned was flying over the uh, battlefield in my helicopter and we knew we were losing the war. The NVA was rolling south. It went, went past the DMZ, the militarized zone, and we knew we were losing and we knew it was over. We couldn't win. So I'm, I'm, I'm flying over this thing, flying my gun missions in and out. Guys are trying to kill me. I'm trying to kill them. But I noticed something different, you know. So I went back to the ship. I flew off in the aircraft carrier. And that night during the debrief, which is part of important part of flying, the debrief, I asked this question. I said, how come their Vietnamese fight harder than our Vietnamese? That was the question. And then I realized the Viet Cong were fighting with spirit, with passion. They wanted to kick our butt. It's the same way that Al-Qaeda and ISIS and all these guys want to kick our fat butts. And that's when I learned one of the most important lessons. I want people with that much spirit around me. Unfortunately, you know, talk is cheap, and I partnered with people who are all talk and knives in their back. You know, from the Bible, there was always some Judas or Brutus or whatever, they, they want to stab you in the back. And that's part of business. So the hardest part for me was to find people with that spirit who wanted to win. But the question is, do you have that spirit? See, if you don't have it and you're just there paying lip service, you know, we're all going to be a little happy company. We're all going to get trophies. We're all going to win. And, you know, this is job security. I'm going to take care of you for life. And, I, you know, I said, hey, people aren't stupid these days. They never were stupid. But today people are looking for purpose, meaning, and mission in life. So the question is, how strong is your mission? Is it just for you to make some money? Then that's not very inspiring. So all leadership begins with you. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Brinley in Nashville, Tennessee. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Does the Rich Dad Company have a mission statement? If so, how was it created and how do you implement it within your business? Very bad subject there, you know, because the Rich Dad Company was started with a mission and as unfortunately we had some people seep into the organization that forgot we had a mission and we never have the mission posted anywhere. So uh, the mission started with to elevate the financial well-being of humanity. The mission of the Rich Dad Company is to elevate the financial well-being of humanity. But unfortunately, you know, dealing with other people we, we, who don't believe in mission but believe in money, it's not posted anywhere. So I got to keep going around and saying, be a pest. Say, where is the mission statement? Where is the mission statement? And I hate to say this, I would say 80% of most people have no mission in life but to have a good time. That's it. They really don't go any further than that. They want to survive. They want to have the house in the suburbs, a station wagon, well, a SUV, and three kids, get them through college. That's their mission. It's called survival. And that's why we had these gentlemen, John Wesley Yost and Gary Morton, is a reason the military was such a great training grounds for us. It, it put it into our hearts. And the word is called mission, duty, honor, code, respect, courage. And those things all of us have, but few of us need. And I think that's the problem. So the question for everybody is, what is your mission? 
what are you what are you willing to give your life for? If you don't have that, then stop lying to us. Go to the bar, order some chicken wings, have some beer, and eat celery sticks, and watch the game on TV. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Linda in Phoenix, Arizona. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What skills do you look for or think are the most important when you're considering your team? I, I, I can't just give you answers. You know, I think that's one of the saddest things. Look, the only way you're going to find out is like asking yourself this question. Okay, let's say you're, you want to get married. Well, how do you find the perfect husband or wife? Well, there's only one way. You have to go, unless your mother's going to choose them for you. But you go out there, you kiss a lot of frogs, you may get married once or twice, and then you get scarred. You know, I'll never trust that SOB again and all that. Well, then you're scarred. That's pain. You know, let go of the pain and then go find another person. But life isn't about, you know, the fairy prince or fairy princes and they lived happily ever after again. And the same is especially true with business and money. Today we have too many people with the entitlement mentality where everybody gets a trophy. And that's why this country is going downhill. And like I talked about Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and these guys, they want to kick our butts. They hate us. They hate us. Why? I'll never know. But I tell you what, when I was in Vietnam, I was watching the Viet Cong fight and the NVA, North Vietnamese fight. Those guys fought with passion and we didn't have it. That's why we lost. It's a very big difference in passion, courage, and fighting. It was really hard the last year there to know that I could die for a lost cause because nobody really wanted to fight because the Vietnam War was an illegal war, is corrupt. It was a corrupt war. We went there to fight for oil. So I will understand that there's a thing called mission, purpose, courage, honor, integrity, respect. And if you can, if you can embody those as you go through life, you have a better chance of success. Or you can be like Bernie Sanders saying, you know, we need to give everybody some money and a free education and free food and free lunch and a free husband and a free wife and free kids, you know, it's your choice. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Caitlin in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. Robert, I believe in the company I work for and I'm always learning in my position. My goal is to move full-time to my part-time side business. My challenge is I don't know how much longer I can deal with my direct report manager. Any advice to get through the next few months? That's a great question. I think that manager that, um, I'm sure you call him an idiot or her an idiot, <laughs> is can you get bigger than them? You know, can you get bigger than them and not so much outsmart them, but don't get sucked into their petty little power positions, games. You know, that's the hardest part. I don't do very well at that. That's why I have CEOs and presidents who are very, very good at that because I am still a Marine. I go and punch them out, but you go to jail for doing that. So that's why your challenge right now is can you get bigger? I don't know how else to say it. To say, just, just treat him as a little kid who's having a temper, temper, temper tantrum or as a power, power game they're playing. If you can't get bigger than that, you shouldn't go to business. So thank you all for your questions. You can submit your questions to ask Robert at richdadradio.com. Again, thanks our, our guest, 
Jack Wesley Ose, Jr., author of the memo, How the Classified Military Document That Helped the U.S. Win World War II Can Help You Succeed in Business. And Gary Morton, his author of Commanding Excellence, Inspiring Purpose, Passion, and Ingenuity Through Leadership That Matters. Please read that book because they're talking about the hardest thing in life, how do you deal with other people. Thank you for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.